right now in this place. Why don't we give him some praise? Lord God, you are worthy, Lord Jesus, of everything that we can give you, oh God. Lord, we praise your holy name, oh God. Thank you for meeting us in this place today, oh God. Thank you for being with us today, almighty God. We worship your holy name, oh God. We bless your holy name, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord, my brothers and sisters. It's so glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I just want to give honor to Pastor for allowing me to speak here today. And I thank God for allowing all of us to be here today. I just want us to turn our attention to God for one more moment. His presence is already here in this room. And why don't we just invite him to linger with us. Lord God, we thank you, God, for your spirit, Lord. We thank you, mighty God, for all you're doing in our lives, almighty God. Lord, we directly see your hand upon us, almighty God. Lord, I pray that you'll speak to us today, O God. Open up our hearts and our minds, O God. Use me, O Lord, as a vessel for your will today, O God. Lord, have your will today, O Lord Jesus. Pour out your spirit in this place right now today, O God. Lord, we worship your holy name, almighty God. Lord, we pour out everything that we have to you, O Lord Jesus. Thank you, God, for what you're doing, O Lord. Thank you, God, for all that you are, O God. In your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. I want to turn our attentions to Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to start in verse number 22. Galatians 5, starting in verse 22. But, of the, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I would just take a moment and greet three people today and make them feel welcome and you may be seated. Oh, you may be seated. I'm sorry. Bishop was giving me the eye. He's like, you're going to tell us to sit down or what? Uh, so the title of my sermon today is The Greatest Gift Called Love. The Greatest Gift Called Love. In the verse of scripture we just read, it says the fruit of the spirit are love, joy, peace, and so on and so forth. But why are they called fruit? Do they look like mangoes? Do they look like oranges? Richard, why are you stopping like that? <laughs> I said mangoes, and Richard turned around like, you got some? Uh, what color are these fruits? What do they taste like? What shape do they have? Well, they are called fruits because they're an indication of the type of seed from which they come from. And that's what fruits are. Fruits are a direct result of the sort of seed that the sower has planted. Fruits are a product of their environment. And there are many different variations and many different factors that play into a fruit being produced. For example, the type of soil it was planted in, the area geographically that it was planted in, the amount of water it got every day, the amount of sunlight it got every day, 
And if every day, if it was being protected by the elements, or if the wind was just blowing it over, just pushing it back down, these things affect the development of a plant. And likewise, humans are the same way. We are all fruits or products of our environment, and all started when our seed was planted. And if we look at the parable of the sower, Jesus, when he was talking about the parable, said the sower went forth to sow. And we know the story goes on to name all the different types of ground that the seed fell on and what happened to it. Some of the seeds fell on the wayside, some fell on the stony ground, some fell among the thorns, and some on good ground. But the truth of the matter is, we weren't called to make sure the ground that we're planting on is ready for the seed, the ground of other people's lives, that is. We were called to plant the good seed, to tell others of the good news, and that is our responsibility, no matter what. And it's easier for a good seed to be planted than, and become corrupt, rather than is it for a bad seed to be planted and for it to become good. Because when it's a bad seed, you have to dig it back out and replant a good one. But when it's a good seed, it can be susceptible to the things around it, which can corrupt it, or it can allow it to grow into an awesome, tasty fruit. Fruits will, be a bear, will bear witness of its seed and the environmental factors around it. And every day, no matter if we like it or if we don't, everywhere we go and every action that we have has some sort of fruit and some sort of seed attached to it. We're planting some sort of seed every time that we bear these fruits. And I'm not saying every day we go around carrying a big old juicy watermelon in our hands like, oh, this is my spiritual fruit. Do you guys like how it looks? You guys want a slice of it? You want to try it? That's not the case at all. Our spiritual fruit can't be seen with our physical eyes, but it's constantly being given and it's constantly being received. In Matthew 7.20, the KJV says, Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. And I like the way the Amplified Version says, it says, Therefore, by their fruit you will recognize them as false prophets. And the Bible earlier in this chapter talks about good and bad fruit. So I ask us all the question today, what type of fruit are we producing? <clears throat> and this is a reflective type of question that basically anybody can ask upon themselves. It doesn't matter where we're at in life, if we're up at pastor's level, pastoring a church, or if we're down at Enzi's level, just a baby. For example, here in Florida, driving is totally different than other states. <laughs> Uh, I recently went to NAYC, and, I mean, I was cooking it in the left lane probably the whole time. Like, I was going 85 the whole time. But it wasn't until I got to Florida that I realized that people just camp in the left lane. Like, all throughout the entire country, there's just they just move over for you. They just let you on pass. They're like, they got somewhere to be. He obviously knows. But when you get to Florida, driving is just totally different. And this was the same for me on my recent trip. I mean, driving is, yeah, it, wow. Uh, the lanes were probably twice the size of the lanes that we have here. Signals were, were not a thing, and they would honk your horn at no matter what the reason. You could walk in the middle of the street, and someone will honk your horn. Like, But obviously, most times they had a reason. It's just you wouldn't know the reason until you see what's happening. So Florida and the region that I went to earlier, both are crazy locations, and I had to drive in both, so 
Somebody pray for me. Uh, but if somebody swerves into our lane, are we immediately honking? Are we immediately getting angry at what's happening? Or are we saying, by God's grace, they will learn to drive better? Are we saying, bless their heart? And I, I just learned recently that that's a backhanded compliment. <clears throat> I thought people were just being sweet, but no. They, they, were, they were actually meaning something else. Or if we're walking around our local malls, what type of fruit are we bearing? Do we have our faces bunched up? Are we all angry with our, with our brows looking like this? This isn't a result of good fruit being produced in our lives. Or if we're sad, do we walk around like this? Woe is me. Sad is my life. Or if we are bearing good fruit, then are we walking around always with a smile on our face? Are we always showing the love of God? Are we always having the joy of the Lord upon us? Everywhere we go, everything that we do, our fruit is on display for all the world to see. Amen. And 1 Peter 2.9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So since we have been called out of darkness and are a chosen generation, then we should always be showing others our good fruit. We should always be showing others the love of God. Aren't we thankful for the love of God that pulled us out of our darkness? Where would we be without the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace that he has shown upon us? But how do we get this love? How are we to receive this kind of love for everybody around us? Because as humans, there's only so much that I can give from myself. There's only so much that I can pump out of me to give to somebody else. The key thing that we have to note here is that love is called a fruit of the spirit, is an aspect of the fruit. It's not all multiple different fruits. It's just one fruit with different aspects. And this isn't just something that we can buy from Walmart. And this isn't something that we can haggle the price of at the flea market. This is a godly fruit. And because of that, it can't be replicated by this world. And they sure do try. In order to have the fruit of the Spirit, we must have the second part of that phrase, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Jesus living inside of us. Through our walks with God, we will develop these fruits because they resemble the one living inside of us, the one living inside of our hearts. Because Jesus is the ultimate example for how we should live, he's the best example of perfect godly love. Because God wrapped himself in flesh and dwelt among us and paid the ultimate price on Calvary for our sins. Aren't we thankful for that? In Matthew chapter 22, starting verse 36, Jesus was asked a question. He's, he was asked, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. What a statement. With everything that we have within us, we have to love the Lord. And verse 38 says, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And we love ourselves, right? We clothe ourselves, we feed ourselves, we give water to ourselves when we're thirsty. We love ourselves, and although you might not think it, we have to be treating our neighbors the exact same way. And verse 40 says, on these two commandments hang all the law 
and the prophets. What a statement. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy mind, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Amen. Because all of the teachings and law hang on these two commandments, and these two are based on love, then everything we must do must be done in love. And I had a verse here. Sarah, I didn't give this to you. Uh, but 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, Let all your things be done with charity. And we know charity to also mean love. Let all your things be done with charity. Because if we're doing things without love, then what, what's the purpose? What is the underlying effect behind it? Acts 3 and 6 says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I know all of us are at different financial standings. We're all at different parts of life. And so we might not have great earthly possessions to be able to just give away. Just like Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But one thing that we do have, one thing that everybody has access to is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost living within us. We have the love of God inside of us. And this love that we have received to, from God must be given to those around us. And the best way that I can show this is with an analogy. Excuse me as I put this lid back on. So the best way I can show this is this water bottle. And although I drank from it already because I got thirsty, we all start out like a sealed water bottle. A lid with a seal that prevents anything from coming in or out. No space at the top to receive it. There's barely enough to put more water in. And no desire to be poured into and no desire to pour into others. And then when we receive the Holy Ghost, this seal is broken. We begin emptying ourselves and we allow for space inside for God to fill us up. And as time goes on, I believe that we become two different types of vessels. I believe that we can either become a cup or we can become another water bottle. Since we are all chosen vessels for his kingdom, this is a great example of us. This cup represents when we are open and ready to be used by the will of God. This cup represents a thirsty, willing vessel, chosen, set apart, following the word of God, allowing him to be used by God. But in order to give the love of God, we must, be first, we must first be filled by God's love. So here's my demonstration. Richard said not to spill anything, so I'm going to try. <laughs> so first, we must be filled with God's love. Thank you, Jesus. And second, then we can in turn take this, take this love that God has filled us up with and begin to pour it into the lives of others. Thank you, Jesus. And this process just continually happens. It's not just a one-time thing. It's not a every Sunday type of thing. But this process just happens every single day, or at least it should. 
Because if we think about it, a sealed water bottle, this life is not sustainable. This is the life that we came from. For those of us that came from before the church, think about where we would be. We would be a sealed water bottle just out there in the world. It's not sustainable. We can't live that way forever. I don't know how people live without God. But I'm so glad that I'm in the church. Amen. But that makes me want to show other people about it. That makes me want to be filled up by God so that I may in turn pour out into others around me. But if we are like this water bottle here, this empty one, if we look at the shape and the opening of this bottle, it is much different from that of the cup. First, the bottle has a cap, which has to be taken off in order for it to give or to receive. This bottle represents our human selves that close ourselves off from the will of God. Although we may be empty inside, we're not sealed. We have gotten past. But if we don't allow ourselves to be used by God, how are we going to get filled up? If a sudden outpouring were to happen, if I was to take this gallon and were to put these two next to each other and just poured out this entire gallon, then there would be a lot more received by this cup because it has a wider opening. It has a wider mouth, a bigger thirst, a bigger hunger to receive. And in turn, it's easier to give from this cup than from this bottle. Whenever you pour out this bottle, air is going to want to fill up inside. You can only pour out so much at one time. Well, you can just dump that entire cup into whatever you want. And when you fill this, cup, this bottle up to itself, sorry, when you fill up this bottle, it says to itself, well, I have these ridges at the top. I have a purpose. Fill me up and put my cap on and let me go sit on a shelf somewhere. Let me hold all this I have within me and store it until I die. Hallelujah, Jesus. Why don't you stand with me today? Musicians, if you feel led, join me on the platform. Meanwhile, do you know what this cup says? Do you know what this thirsty cup desires? Fill me. Here am I, Lord. Fill me up, God, so that I may overflow. Fill me up, O oh God, so that I may overflow into the lives of those around me, so that I may begin to pour out into those. Lord, fill me with your love, O oh God. Fill me with everything, O oh God. Lord, I want to be used by you, Lord. Whatever I have within me, O oh God, I will give. But the greatest gift that we can give to others is love. And the Bible says there's no such law against the fruit of the Spirit. And there's nothing wrong with giving some love into the lives of others. It doesn't matter who they are. But in order to give, we must first receive. But I believe today is the day of receiving things from God. There's going to be an outpouring that's going on to take in this place right now. Who wants an outpouring in their lives? Who needs an outpouring in their lives? If you want an overflow to happen right now, why don't you just lift your hands to heaven and just receive it from God. God's getting ready to pour out some things. He's getting to, ready to impart some things in us today. Lord, we open up ourselves to what you have for us, almighty God. We don't open up ourselves, oh God, to be poured into, Lord. We receive what you have for us today, almighty God. Lord, I want to be able to give to those around me, Lord. I want to be able to overflow into the lives of my family, oh God. I want to be able to overflow into the lives of the people at my job, oh God. 
Overflow in me, O God, so that I may overflow in others, O God. Use me as a willing vessel, O God. Here am I, O Lord, ready to be used by you, O God. These altars are open if you'd like to come down. Just begin to talk to the Lord and say, Here am I, Lord. Here am I to be used by you, O God, to receive what you have for me, O Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask you to fill me up, O God. Oh, God, 